I've got some friends that I consider heavy dudes. What I mean by that is they're deep thinkers. You know, when they say things, sometimes it just flies right over my head. And I got to say, could you say that again? Or could you explain to me what you meant by that? And maybe some of you have got uh, friends that are heavy dudes or heavy dudettes. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, Jesus was a heavy. I will not call him a dude. I have too much respect for who he is. But Jesus was a heavy. He was a deep thinker. And often what he said fly right over the heads of the people. And even me, as I read them in Scripture, they fly right over my head. And sometimes I find myself reading passages, and I'm reading it and rereading it, and I'm saying, God, could you help me understand what what was Jesus saying here? And the passage we're going to look at this morning is one of those passages. It's the kind on a surface reading without kind of saying, wait a minute, could you say that again, or could you explain that? It's going to fly right over our head. But if we catch the heart of what Jesus was saying this morning, we're going to stand amazed both at who he is and what he does. We're going to speak in John chapter 5. So if you have your Bibles, would you please turn there this morning? If you don't have a Bible, look on with somebody near you. Share a Bible. Look around. Uh, We have Bibles provided underneath uh, some of the chairs. Grab one. I want you to see this morning, because these aren't going to be my words I'm speaking I'm going to be telling you a story about Jesus and what he said. And so you're going to hear from Jesus directly some things that we're going to try to understand this morning that relate to every person in this room. John chapter 5. Now let me give you the context. There's a man who had been sick and he was lame for 38 years And Jesus healed, miraculously healed this man so that he picked up his pallet and walked. And Jesus healed him on the Sabbath. Now the Sabbath day to the Jews was a very holy day like no other day during the week. It was a day where they stopped all their work, they rested, and we're designed to refocus upon God. At least that's what the day was designed for, is God gave it as a gift to man. But the Jews and the religious leaders took that and turned that upside down and turned it into a law and wrote all these extra commands to it and and rules and regulations so that what was designed to be a gift for the restoration of man's soul with God ended up being a law with all kinds of burdens. And if you broke any of those laws, you were worthy of death. Jesus healed this man on the Sabbath. And because of that, the Jews were very upset and they uh, actually were persecuting Jesus. Listen to what it says here in John 5, verse 15. If you're there, that's where we're starting, it's verse 15. And the man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. For this reason, the Jews were persecuting Jesus. 
because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them this way, my father is working until now, and I myself am working. Now this response from Jesus really uh, kind of raised the stakes from them desiring to persecute Jesus to kill him. And we're gonna see as Jesus makes this claim here that goes on, he doesn't back off. You know, they're persecuting him. He's not gonna back off or back down or say, wait a minute, you misunderstood me. Jesus is gonna raise the stakes and say, I'm even more than who you think I am. So listen to what he says in verse 18 after this. This was his response. I put it on a PowerPoint up here for people to see. For this reason, after Jesus said, my father's working until now and I myself am working. For this reason, therefore, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. That response from Jesus raised the stakes from persecution to murder. And this is the reason why, because he not only was breaking the Sabbath, but also calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. The Jews knew exactly what Jesus was saying when he called God his father. They knew that Jesus was making a claim that he was equal with the Father himself. And that's why they wanted to kill him. And like I said, Jesus didn't back off. He says, guys, it's even more than you think. Because as we go on in the text, we see that Jesus claimed that he is fully equal with the Father. You know, many of us, when we think of Jesus, we think of him as a second-class citizen in the Trinity. You know, we, we got God the Father. I mean, wow, the Father. And Jesus, I mean, yeah, he's God, but he's kind of like this. And, and maybe the Holy Spirit's like this. Sometimes we have an inferiority complex about Jesus compared to the Father. And what Jesus is saying to the Jews, I am fully 100% equal with the Father in the core of my being, in the deepest of my DNA, of my essence, and who I am, me and the Father are 100% equal. And what he's going to do during this time is he moves on to explain to them and show them how that happens. But he starts with this statement. I'm going to tell you again what he says before he says it. Because again, this one has the potential to fly over. You got to stop a lot of times. I say, well, what's he saying? What Jesus is going to say is this. He does nothing unless the Father does it. Matter of fact, whatever the Father does, he does, and he does it the exact same way that the Father does it. Now watch for that in the text as I read it that he does nothing unless it's what the Father does. He does only what the Father does. He does whatever the Father does, and he does it all the same way. So this is what Jesus said to them after they raised the stakes and wanted to kill him. Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless 
It is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself is doing. And the Father will show him greater works than these so that you will marvel. Summary, Jesus says, I only do what the Father does. And I do everything that the Father does. And I do it the exact same way the Father does it. In other words, whatever the Father does, I do. Nothing more, nothing less. I only do what he does, I do everything he does, and I do it the same way. This is a major claim. (laughs) You can see why they wanted to kill Jesus. And like I said, Jesus said, yeah, I'm equal with the Father, absolutely. Then he goes on in the passage to lay out different things in specific that he does that only God can do. And he does them the same way. Look, look I, I put them on a PowerPoint before we read it again so you can watch for it. Jesus raises the dead. Brings us to Easter morning, doesn't it? That's why we're here today. And we're going to talk about how that applies to us more soon. Jesus raises the dead. Jesus gives life. Jesus judges. You know, I thought about that. I, how many times we hear people say, who are you to judge me? Only God can judge me. Well, you're right. Who does the judgment? Jesus. Only God can judge us. Jesus is the one whom God has given judgment to. He judges just like the Father does. He receives the same kind of honor that the Father receives. And just as the Father has life in himself, self-existent, no one caused the existence of God the Father, but he's the cause of everybody else's and everything else's existence. In the same way, Jesus is the uncaused cause of everything and everyone. Self-existent, not dependent upon anybody else for his life, but always was, always will be. So watch for these five things as I read on in the text, because this is what Jesus does. Because now we, as three just said, I only do what God does, I do everything God does, and I do it in the same way. Now he gives them specifics to see that. And I want you to watch for this word, these words in particular, just as, even as, or even so. Because what he's saying is, I, I do it just as the Father does it. So watch for this now as we read verse 21 and following. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son also gives life to whom he wishes. For not even the Father judges anyone, but he's given all judgment to the Son, so that all will honor the Son even as they honor the Father. It's showing respect and honor. You know, Scripture is very clear. God shares his glory with no one. Yet Jesus said, I'm honored, I'm respected, I'm held as holy just like the Father is. Then in 
going down to verse 26. Well, let me finish verse 23. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. If we don't honor Jesus with this kind of honor and glory, we can't honor the Father as well. Then in verse 26, he goes on and he talks about, for just as the Father has life in himself, self-existent, even so he gave the Son to have life in himself. Jesus, eternal, always was, always will be, life in himself, and he gave him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. This is who Jesus is. This is what Jesus does. Jesus does only what God can do. He does everything that God does, and he does it the exact same way that God does it. Jesus is absolutely equal with the Father. He is fully God. And now I want to bring us down to the part that we're kind of interested in today that has to do with us, that comes out of this context, and that is that he gives life to the dead. That's what Resurrection Sunday's all about. You know, I want to tell you again what he says before I say, he's going to talk about giving life to the dead. That's resurrection. That's resurrection. But we're going to see here that he not, you know, we're here today because he rose over 2,000 years ago. But we're going to see in this passage there's going to be a resurrection in the future. But he also is going to say there's a resurrection that takes place right now. And so he's going to talk about a present resurrection that takes place right now. He's talking about a future resurrection that will take place in the future. And the reality is, is that some people will take place in the resurrection that happens right now. But everybody will take place in the future resurrection. So every person in this room, what Jesus just said applies to you and me. God has appointed it to each person to die once and then be judged. History has proven everybody dies. Our time is coming. So this passage is talking about a time in our future when every one of us is gonna die and stand before Jesus as the judge. Everyone, so listen up. And so the question is gonna be this. Some are gonna be raised to a life forever with God, and some are gonna be raised to a life of separation from God and judgment forever. That's the reality. That applies to every one of us. And we're gonna to learn today, how do we take part in these resurrections and how do we get in on this resurrection of life? Look back at verse 25 in your text. I have it up also here for those who want to look along on the screen with us. But in verse 25, now we're going to see what Jesus just said. He said this. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and now 
is. Now, by now is, he's talking about right now as I speak. You know, he says, there's an hour coming in the future, but there's an hour right now. And by the way, that hour continues on until the future time. But Jesus says, I tell you, there, there is an hour coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. And then the next two verses, he talks about, you know, we just saw he's self-existent and he's going to judge. But look at down now at verse 28 and 29. And he says, don't marvel at this. Don't marvel at what? Don't marvel at the fact that the dead right now, in this moment, will hear the voice of the Son of God live. But here's something even more amazing. An hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs those who are physically dead will hear his voice and will come forth. Says so, you know, it's amazing that people right now can have resurrection in here. I'll tell you something more. There's going to be people who are dead in their graves. Every single one is going to come out. And Jesus said this: Those who did the good deeds to a resurrection of life. And those who committed the evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. Now, I want to explain something to you in Scripture. Scripture always bases our judgment upon our deeds. But it always bases our salvation upon faith. Why is that? Because genuine faith changes a person at the core of their being. And the evidence of that there's something real on the inside shows on the outside in an indisputable way. And so while judgment is based upon the person's external life, the salvation is based upon a person's internal disposition towards Jesus. And we see this over and over again in scriptures. So Jesus talks about two different kinds of resurrection. There's a spiritual resurrection that takes place right now. And there's a physical resurrection that will take place in the future. The spiritual one, only some will participate in. Those who have ears to hear, God speaking to them will, re will respond and every one of those will be a part of that resurrection of life in the future. So there's two different kinds of resurrection. And here's the big question for today. How do we get in on this present life that God gives right now? So that I can be in part of that eternal life that is yet to come. Look at back at verse 25. Jesus says, truly, 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 truly simply means this. I'm, you know, when, when Jesus says something, it's true. If Jesus says, truly, I'm telling you this, this is really true. When he says, truly, truly, so now you really got three times is the truth. Jesus is saying, I'm telling you something really important here that you can bet your life upon. 
You can put it as a peg in the wall of your life and hang your life upon it and depend upon it that it will be true and happen just as he says. So Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. You know, when you study the book of John, Jesus uses imagery to help us understand what he's saying. He talks about light and darkness coming from above and that which is below, life and death. And death is an image to help us understand, because we can relate to it in the physical world. He's trying to help us understand what it's like in the spiritual world. Now, a dead person is totally separated from life on this physical earth. They can't participate in it. Matter of fact, we walk awake and we walk in front of the coffin. We could talk to them, but they're not going to hear us. You know, they can't respond. They can't stand up. Uh, They can't feel, you know, no longer do they participate in this physical earthly life. They've been cut off from it. They're separated from it. And they're helpless and can do nothing about it. That's the reality of a dead person. That's what Jesus says is true of us that are spiritually dead. We're cut off from God. And we're helpless. And there's nothing we can do about it. We can't even reach out, just like the man can't reach out of the the coffin and try to touch me. I can't reach out to God and touch him myself. And so what we're seeing here is is the scripture, we look at it, that we see that man was born separated from God because of his sin. And that we stand in a relationship with God that we're helpless and can do nothing for ourselves to save ourselves. But God loved us so much that he sent his son and God took the initiative to do something about that. I want you to look back at this verse now in this context of being spiritually dead Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. A dead man hearing a voice? That's a miracle. That's a miracle. Just like a dead man, Jesus Christ in the grave over 2,000 years ago, came back to life. It takes a miracle as big as the resurrection of Jesus Christ for a person to be resurrected today because somehow they're hearing the voice of the Son of God speaking to them personally and calling them to life. And so what we see here is that Jesus, there's an hour coming when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear the voice will live. Look back up, verse 24, just above it. Again, truly, truly. It's on the screen for those who don't have a Bible or want to look in that way. Truly, again, he's saying, okay, what I'm going to say, this is really important, and you can bet your life on it, that truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. And does not come into this future judgment that's gonna take place in the future, 
but has already right now passed out of death into life. He who hears and believes. You know, Romans talks about it, you know, talks about how can a person believe if they've not heard from him whom they believe. You see, he who hears my word, God speaks through his word. And we're listening to him speak Jesus' very words as he was speaking that day. And these words are recorded here. Those who hear my word and believe him who sent me. You know, Jesus not only did the very works the Father did, when you read John, you find out he spoke the very words that the Father wanted him to speak. And so if you believe what Jesus says, you're believing what the Father says. You're believing in the Son. You're believing in what God has said about Jesus through Jesus. And when you do that, you have eternal life. You will not go into the judgment in the future. And you pass out of spiritual death right now into life. Let me tell you another way Jesus says it. John 3.16, you probably heard this. For God so loved the world. Put your name in there. That he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This passage tells us this. God, out of his love, sent Jesus to pay the price for our sin, which is death. Separated from God, we're born dead. And what did Jesus do? He took the penalty for our sin on the cross. He died in my place, in your place, and he rose again to give brand new life. And whoever believes in him shall not perish, but everlasting. Now, let me tell you what this doesn't mean. Some are saying, yeah, I... I I said a prayer 20 years ago on an Easter Sunday. Or I went forward at a meeting when people said, if you want to know Jesus, come forward. Or I raised my hand at a meeting one day. I said the words, I said the prayer. It isn't talking about an act of believing. You know, I believed that day, but I kept going on. No, you know, this is a shift at the core of my being, in the depths of my heart, that says, I'm no longer trusting in how good I can be or how religious I am or how much I go to church or how many good deeds I do, but there's a shift at the core of my being that says, I believe what Jesus says about himself and what he did for me, and I'm transferring my trust for myself into Jesus. And God's promise is, is when I transfer that trust to Christ, I'll have eternal life. I'll pass out of death into life. I will not be judged in the future. And guess what happens? When somebody says to that person three months later, do you know Jesus? They don't say, well, I said a prayer on Easter Sunday. No, I say, I do, because you know what? There was a major shift at the core of my being. And I shifted from trusting myself to trusting in Jesus. And so now a person is able to say, I didn't just have a point in time in the past when I trusted Jesus for a moment, 
but I got a lifetime of walking and depending upon him that began that moment when I first put my faith in him. Paul says it like this. The apostle Paul says it like this in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace, you've been saved through faith. Here it is again, saved by faith. You're saved by believing. And that is not of yourself. It's the gift of God. It's not the result of works, lest anybody should boast. Grace is a gift. Our salvation is a gift. It's a miracle that God gives and does. It's a gift that he gives us. And this gift comes as a result of faith. Doesn't have to do with my works. Because if it had to do with my works, then I'd boast about That's so nobody will boast. You know, my only boast, and the boast of us that know Jesus is Jesus. Because I'm not worthy. I have nothing to brag about. I could tell you how many times I've been to church. I could tell you how many how much money I've given. I could tell you how I've done, what things I've done to help the poor, what good deeds I've done. I could tell you all those things, but none of those matter. Because I'm not saved by my works. I'm saved as a gift from God when I put my faith in the person of Jesus and I believe what he said about who he is and what he's done. And it's not just an intellectual agreement, but it's a shift at the core of my being that says I'm gonna rely upon the person of Jesus for what he did as my substitute, not only in death, but in life when he was rose from the dead. That's what the Bible says about salvation. I don't know where I am in my notes, let me. So I wanna ask you this this morning. Did you catch who Jesus is? Did you hear that? He, he, he's not a second-class citizen of the Trinity. Fully equal with God in his essence. God the Father, he is God. He does nothing but what God does. He does everything that God does, and he does it all in the same way. And one of those things he does is give life. And that's what we're here talking about this morning. Because he lives, we can live. And did you hear how we get that? Not by our works, not by our religion, not by our good deeds, not by saying a prayer and repeating the right words in a meeting, but by believing on the person of Jesus and what he has done for you and for me as my substitute to pay for my sin and my substitute when he rose out of the grave to give me that new life that's eternal. Remember what Jesus said? They'll hear the voice of the Son of God and they'll live. Do you hear the voice of God today? Let me tell you what that maybe is like because you might say, well, wait a minute. Because I remember when I first came to Jesus. I remember I was in an in a office of a chaplain in the military and he was telling me the things I'm telling you this morning about Jesus. And I remember saying to him, I said, you know what, I, I just need a minute. I need a minute to just by myself to go in the other room and sort out what I just heard. And I remember going in that room and praying and saying, God, I don't know if there's some weird religion or what. All I know is I need you. 
and there was a voice. Didn't come through the roof. It wasn't in the room, but in my heart, God spoke and says, Pat, you can trust. This is the way. God spoke to my heart. I heard the voice of the Son of God responding to the Word of God. God was speaking to me through His Word. And another way God made me speak, say, you know what He's saying is right. Or you're going, you know, I really need that in my life. Or there's something deep inside, you can't explain it, you know, but it's God, you don't, you don't understand. Say, I want that. If those are things going on in your heart today, say, you know, he's right, I am separated from God. He's right, I do need to trust Jesus. He's right, I can't work my way there. He's right, Jesus is fully God. If that's going on in your heart this morning, you go, wow, he's right. Deep down in the core of your being, this morning, today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. Make that shift from trusting yourself and what you can do to saying from now on, I'm trusting Jesus and what he's done for me at the cross in his resurrection. If you hear his voice today, because this is how Romans starts, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Then he says, well, how will they hear if nobody preaches to them? If nobody tells them what, what it says about Jesus, then, then, then he says, how will they believe if they don't hear, hear of him whom they believe? They don't hear Jesus. How are they gonna believe? Well, I wanna tell you today, if you hear Jesus speaking in the core of your being saying, you know, I need this. He's right. I want this. Today's the day. I wanna encourage you, respond to the voice by calling upon the Son of God today and do three things. I do it this way. I say, recognize one. Same as believing, yeah, I've sinned. Yes, Jesus is the answer to my sin problem. There is no other answer. I am spiritually dead. I'm separated from God. I'm hopeless and helpless. Jesus is my only hope as my Savior. And when I recognize that, believe that in the core of my being, not just intellectually agree, but down here with my heart rely upon this, really say, you know what? I believe that Jesus, I really believe it isn't me anymore. It's nothing I can do. It's what Jesus did. It's not what I can do. It's what Jesus did. Not what I do, but what Jesus did. And if I really believe and see today for the first time, you know what? I've been trying to do all the right stuff. It's no longer about what I can do, it's what Jesus did for me. And so when I believe that I really am a sinner separated from God, dead spiritually, and I really believe that Jesus died for me and rose again so I could have this eternal life and not come into this future judgment, when I call upon him to save me and I call upon him in faith, not again, because I said the right words at a meeting one day, but because I'm relying upon Jesus. I'm shifting everything today. I'm making a major shift at the core of my being from what I can do, who I am, and thinking that's good enough. Because I've got to realize even my best, it's not good enough to Jesus and what he's done. So I'll give you a couple moments. Reflect on what you heard today. Is God speaking to you? 
Is God speaking to you? In a moment, I'm going to come back and give you a couple. I'm going to lead you in prayer. I'm not going to tell you to repeat my words, but I'm going to tell you how you can talk to God. But take a moment. Is God speaking to your heart today through what you heard in the Word of God? So if you're here this morning and you're like I was that day in that chaplain's office and you sense God speaking to your heart, I want to encourage you to call upon him. And first of all, just admit to him, yes, Lord, I am a sinner and I'm separated from you. Say that in your own words any way you can. And in your own words, would you tell Jesus, I believe. I believe you died for me, not just for the world. You died for me and rose again so that I can have life. Would you tell Jesus, I'm transferring my trust right now from myself, from the core of my being, and I'm putting it in you and what you've done. Would you tell him in your own words that? Finally, just thank him. That's the language of faith. You've been calling upon him to save you. You know what? Thank you, Jesus, that you said that when I believe in you, I have eternal life right now. I will not go into judgment in the future, and I pass from death to life. Would you thank him in your own words right now because he said, truly, truly, I'm telling you, you can bet your life on it. Thank Jesus for saving you right now. 